What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. Thanks for uh, taking the time to chat with us. I guess not chat with us, to listen to us chat. And mainly to uh, listen to Brandon apologize about how he disrespected Patrick Mahomes. Let me uh, tell Mahomes going to do crap. Let me tell you, I was never in doubt. I was Oh, no, no, no. The no, you were in time. doubt. You nope. were in doubt. You were Couldn't in doubt. shake me. You I, was, <laughs> I was like a mountain. I, have, I couldn't be rattled. I have proof on a, uh, like five different texts of you trying to get out of the bet when Mahomes went down. So It's not true. Uh, <laughs> it's not true. Simply not true. Um, I'd like to see the receipts. And if, even if you provided receipts, I might have been hacked. I have a new phone. Uh, they, maybe it was an old message got misconstrued and yeah conversation got wonky no, i don't know how mad would you have been if i said fine deal is uh, off or bet is off and then you know they still would uh you know I would, you? I would have at least been okay because at, at the very least i still would have gotten something out of it yeah. but i'll tell you this when when he got hit and i saw him get up i didn't think well i didn't think it was a concussion so i was like why the like I didn't, I don't, I didn't see. Did you see him get hit in the head specifically? He he didn't. Well, I wa- I was watching the replay, and it looked like his head didn't really hit the ground very hard, if at all. I right. think it hit the the player's hand most of it. Um, I guess Andy Reid said it was he he got hit in the back of the head. But even if you look at the replay, like he didn't get hit very hard in the back of the head. The only thing I can think of is the the defender's arm wrapped around his neck so maybe that defender literally tried to choke hold him out and maybe it cut off circulation for like the the time it took for him to get yeah. wrapped up to the ground and it was bizarre because i was shocked when he got up and he was wobbly. oh yeah he was he was spaghetti legs i was like oh no i was like wait a minute <laughs> hold on <laughs> <laughs> he got up he started trying to walk and then he started leaning like he was uh you know the leaning tower of pizza and i was like ah or not pizza pizza is it pizza yeah <laughs> a leaning tower of pizza though that would be fun um shows you where my mind's at this time but i w- once i saw his legs give out i was like oh oh no and then chad henny came in and i was like okay whatever let him to a field goal and then when he threw that pick i was like okay i'm nervous I'm officially nervous. And the whole game, like, as I was tweeting, talking smack the whole time, part of me was like, you know, you just shouldn't do this. Like, they could come. I was like, nah, this is fine. Because it was like 22 to 3 at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the the thing that, w- I guess, surprised me was Kansas City was able to move the ball, but they could not get in the end zone. And so when I started seeing that throughout the first half, even though Cleveland had only three points, I was like, you know what? They're okay right now because they're not giving up touchdowns. If you don't give up touchdowns to Kansas City, you you have a chance. Um, and But look, credit to Kansas City. They were able to stop Chubb and Kareem Hunt. That's something that I did not think they were going to be able to do. They were one of, I think throughout the regular season, they were one of the worst teams against the run. Um, and I just... I thought Chubb and Hunt would run all over them. Uh, and credit to them, they they play they play great uh, stopping those guys. I do uh, want to say though that that last drive that Cleveland had, they should have gone for it. We yeah. how many times have has this happened when you're playing against Kansas City? And I get Mahomes wasn't out there, so I I get it to a point. But even then, they've been moving they've been moving the ball on you all game long. Even with Chad Henney, you have to have to go for it. 
And and they didn't lose it by not going for it. They lost it on the three plays that they ran before fourth down. They ran it, they ran it, and then they had a dump off two yard pass. Like that that was it, it almost it, it just it felt like throughout the whole game, Cleveland refused to trust Baker Mayfield. They refused. Well, and that's that's what lost them the game. To be fair, though, I mean, they've gotten to this point this year because they've done everything they can to minimize his impact on the game. That's why they've been so successful is because yeah, but they're they, running the ball. More, yeah, but they've been more aggressive the last few games. And, you know, I mean, they, they threw the ball all over Pittsburgh last uh, last week. So, well, I mean, that's, you know, that's Pittsburgh, though. Uh, well, yeah. And, and but Kansas City's defense isn't better than Pittsburgh's defense. That's the thing. Like Kansas City's defense has been rough all year long, um, and, and so I just think you have to be aggressive against Kansas City. And I thought they were going to be aggressive against Kansas City. I did not expect them to be passive like they were. And I, I, I think that's they they could have had a shot if they were more aggressive. That's it. It's just yeah. like the Denver game when they lost by what six or whatever. Mm-hmm. You. You know, the Broncos were just passive and you have to be aggressive against them because that's the only way you're going to win. That's the only way. And I just look Buffalo as if if Buffalo is aggressive, they'll have a shot. But, you know, for whatever reason, and it's it's funny, like when you have to play, you know, when Tom Brady was in New England, right? And teams would have a lead, and they would just get so uptight and super passive. And it's like, why Why are you doing that? We all know if you do that, they're going to come back and they're going to beat you. And it's, it's, it happens with Kansas City. Whenever someone plays Kansas City, it's they, they all tighten up. And, you know, it's just that's, that's just I, – I did not expect that from Cleveland. But it was still – they covered. And, you know, I was saying – that they're gonna give they're gonna give Kansas City a tough time because I think their defense fit where I don't think you know well in Kansas City we can talk about Mahomes because I just don't think he's played well for a few weeks now. I think if he would have stayed in that would have probably been a twenty eight to ten, thirty to ten shellacking. Well, I don't think so because they couldn't score. I think and it would have broken open at some point. Maybe, maybe. Um, but I just throughout the whole game. Kansas City's offense, I'm I'm really concerned. Like Mahomes, like Aaron Rodgers is right now the best quarterback in the league, playing wise. Like he is playing, like he is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, Tom Brady, I think, is playing better than Mahomes right now. I think Josh Allen is playing just as well, if not better, than Mahomes right now. Mahomes might be the fourth best quarterback in the playoffs right now. Now, obviously, talent wise, he's the best. But the way he's playing, the way he has played in the last few games that he's played, and it's it's concerning. If I'm a can and I, you know, I follow a couple of Kansas City uh, fans on on Twitter, um, uh, on Facebook. You know, my my cousin in law, he's a Kansas City fan. Uh, one of my good friends, he's a good, he's a Kansas City fan. So they're concerned, and it's because this team has just kind of been a lollygagging all year long, or at least the past ten weeks, and. That makes that makes you nervous, and we've seen plenty of times with other teams. If you kind of take it easy, and then you get to the playoffs, and you try and turn on that switch, it's really hard to do that in the NFL. In the NBA, that's you know that's different, but in the NFL, that's hard to do. 
I do think there probably is something to the fact that they're maybe sitting a little pretty, that they're they're playing mm-hmm. cute at times, um, that they're they know how talented they are, so they kind of relax and know that eh, if we get into a bind, then you know we can we can turn it on whenever. So I'll 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 give people that that are that have those concerns, but when push comes to shove, and they need to make plays, they just do it so yeah. easily. I mm-hmm. mean, it's Travis Kelsey, it's Tyreek Hill. Uh, they can do an end around to Hardman or to Tyreek, and that could be a twenty yard gain yeah. in itself, right there. So it's just well, even their defense. I mean, Tyron Matthew, right. holy moly! I mean, the I, dude is incredible. I want. I forgot who it was. The guy earlier in the season that gave me crap for saying Tyron Matthew <laughs> is better than Justin Simmons. But do we do we see now? Like like Justin Simmons is a really good player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he had a great season. Tyron Matthew is legitimately an all pro and he might be, I don't know if he will, but he might be carving out a way to maybe somehow have a hall of, hall of fame career. I don't know if he's there yet, but if he gets like another super bowl under his belt, maybe another couple all pros under his belt, which I think he's fully capable of. I mean, look out for that guy, but yeah. I just, I get where some people's concerns are because it does feel like like Kansas City was playing with their food. Now, now give Cleveland credit because they were able to make stops when they needed to. Um, but I do think part of that too is Kansas City gets cute at times, and I just think yeah. they play with their few their food. I thought they did that against Cleveland. They could have easily blown that thing open. And I think if Mahomes doesn't go out, they probably score another touchdown. And and then if it's you know two three scores on Cleveland, then they really can't run the ball. When he goes out. They're able to go down and get a touchdown, and now they can still stick to that running game. And I thought in the second half, more you know, mid third quarter and you know on, they were able to get that running game going. I mean, Chubb is he is a beast of a running back. Yeah. I mean, when he gets in the open field, good luck trying to tackle him. And we know what Kareem Hunt can do. I mean, we saw it when he was in Kansas City here, you know, having to play him twice a year, and he was able to get it going. And boy, do they love throwing screens. I mean, there was like one drive where they threw like threw two running back screens. I was like, goodness gracious, to throw something else in the playbook there. But give Cleveland credit. They gave them a fight. Um, now, you can argue, well, if Higgins, you know, doesn't fumble out of the end zone, then it's a different was, game. Oh, I mean, it is. That drove me nuts. I Because I saw you, you like the rule. Um, I mean, I don't I, mind. I don't of, love it, but I don't a mind lot the of rule. People hate the rule. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where I stand on it. I think because here's the thing: he didn't have possession of the ball when the ball crossed the right uh, the the line, right? So if you fumble it and it goes out of technically by like that is that it makes sense. It makes sense that it should be. A touchback because yeah, on a kick if, it's like, a touchback. Well, because like it, like the Super Bowl, Super Bowl forty eight. You know, if if you know, instead of like, how stupid would that have been if like they kicked the ball out of bounds, you know, out of the end zone instead of it being a, a touchdown for Seattle, it ended up being a safety because they kicked the ball right. Right. So like, how would that make sense if that doesn't go to Seattle? Right. Like that would have that would have bailed out Denver, and then where do you put the ball at the one? Exactly, and, and I like, thought it doesn't make sense. I thought our guy Colton made a great point on Twitter, and that's that's whose tweet I liked is that you know it's the only rule that favors defenses, yeah. Yeah. which I completely agree with. And like, I mean, yeah, does it does it suck that yeah you you fumble it out of the end zone and the other team gets it? Well, yeah, but you know Kevin Stefanski, the coach of the Browns, he he said in post game, I think. 
I teach my guys specifically not to extend, to just mm-hmm. take the hit and go down. And I'd rather it be at the one yard line than you risk that. Um, right. You know, and a lot of people say, well, you know, if the ball went out of bounds, they'd still have possession. Well, okay. But I just think it's different. Like, I don't hate the rule. I think it sucks. Now, it sucks if you're on the other end of it. Like, if you're a Cleveland fan, like, yeah, that, that sucks. But yeah. at the end of the day, I'm not like, oh, they should change that rule. It's, well, maybe he should, you know, if you're going to extend, that's the risk you take. Is it getting knocked out? And then people are like, well, it was a helmet to helmet. Yeah, it was. But unfortunately, that's not reveal- reviewable right now. Uh, I bet you next year that will probably be a reviewable, you know, situation to where if somebody gets helmet to helmet, um, then you can review that. But it's just the luck of the draw. That's how it went. I mean, you could say they missed an opportunity there, but I mean, Kansas City missed opportunities too. I mean, Butker, who's one of the better kickers in the league, you know, doinks an extra point, misses a field goal. Like, it goes both ways. Cleveland had their chances to win the game still at the end of the game. Even with that Higgins fumble, they still had a chance to win the game. And they, they couldn't convert. They couldn't make stops when they needed to. And that's what it came down to. Yeah, well, and, and I think the biggest play of the game was it's funny because everyone was shocked that Kansas City went for it. But I was like, you know what? Kansas City's going for this because that's what they've done for the last three years. They've been yeah. ultra-aggressive, and that's why they get to where they get to. Um, so, you know, can't like there's a reason why and, – and look, the, if they didn't convert it, it's a, it's a different story, and people are probably killing Andy Reid, right? Especially if Cleveland goes down and scores. But when you have an offense like that, even with Chad Henney, and you have the the receivers that they have, the speed that they have, getting a yard is not that hard in the NFL. It's not. It shouldn't be, at least. Right. But teams overthink it. And, you know, and, and, and we see, you know, with the Broncos, they overthink and they do something super simple and they just run the ball. And if you're not winning the line of scrimmage throughout the game, you're not going to get that. You have to be creative. If, if Kansas City would have just ran the ball there, just right up the middle, they probably would have gotten stopped because Cleveland has been the, the Cleveland was playing well up, up in the middle. So the, what what did they do? They ran the play action. They had Tyreek Hill go uh, run, you know, that flat route. And it's an easy completion. And it's an it's an easy two yards. It's all you need. And that's just it, it's, you know, everyone was like, that was a gutsy call. And that was, you know, incredible, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's it's a great call, but it's it's the call that he should have made. It yeah. it's the call that most teams should make. Well, and I think you in the have short... to go out and win the game. You cannot right. just play to lose. Play to lose, yeah, yeah, play, or play not to lose. Yeah, um, we 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 see it every year, every year. I think when you're in those short yardage situations and you're deciding to be aggressive, you have to play to to the strengths of your team. So if you're like a Baltimore or a Cleveland or a Tennessee then running it on that play is probably the best option for you because you have Lamar, you know, in yeah, Baltimore. Yeah, I'm also spreading it out. Sure. So, so I'm, I, not I, going, I'm not going goal line, you know, no receiver, three tight ends, you know, and, and I'm just going to. Well, yeah, you can you can switch up to the look to have them I, defend I go, I something. I go in shotgun, four receivers, and hand it off. Right, but I'm just saying, play to your strength. Like if you're if you're Tennessee and you have a fourth and one, do you want to trust you know Tannehill possibly throwing it to to Brown, or do you want to give it to your you know 250 pound right. 250 pound running back? Uh, but if you're Kansas City, that that's their strength. They have Travis Kelsey, they have Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins when he's healthy, Miko Hart. Like you can't like say okay, we're gonna key on on this guy. You have to play everybody honest, 
and then you just have to hope to God that maybe there's an incompletion or a bad snap or your you know alignment shoots through a gap and gets past alignment. That's what you have to hope for. So credit to Kansas City. They were like, you know what? We're going to go to arguably our best weapon on the team, which nobody can guard, and it's Tyreek Hill. And it's just a simple little you know flat route, and boom, he's there. Uh, you know, I was watching Undisputed, and, and Skip and Shannon were talking about it, and Shannon said that play is literally indefensible if you're a defense. He said the only thing you can do is tell your slot corner on Tyreek Hill to whatever happens, jump the outside route. Just jump it. That, that's all you can do. Um, and, and, of course, you know, they they didn't, and that's, that's what happened because it was a little sprint out option, and, you know, Tyreek Hill was wide open. He's just too fast. You can't get out there that quick and get a hand on him, so... Credit to Kansas City, they um, they won. But I do get people's concerns about that team. It seems like they're lollygagging and maybe they're sitting pretty and they're a little too arrogant. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland had a sh- had a chance, and that that's major respect to them. I think the, that fan base now nothing's guaranteed in sports and especially in the NFL. Right. So to say that they'll be back is is a huge leap of faith. But I think they should be at least excited about where their team is going, the direction. You have an identity. You know what you can do. You know that Baker can succeed in this identity. Now it's just about, you know, adding weapons to it to, you know, propel that. You know, adding maybe yeah. a speed guy. You know, adding That's some, I think they some need. weapons like, on defense. A lot of people say that he was better without Odell. And I, I, I you can't argue against it with based off of numbers, but at the same time, you you need those weapons. Um, so you know if they if they let Odell go, trade him, whatever, and they go out and get more of a speed guy, sure. Um, or you know you just gotta tell Baker and and you gotta hope that Baker and Odell understand that he can't force the ball to him. Yeah. Uh, and if he does that, they'll be just fine. So yeah, like you said, nothing's nothing's guaranteed, especially in the NFL. Um, you know they they gotta they got some things to do. They need to work on their secondary as well. Um, but they'll look. They're they're right now. I think the best team in their division. I was just about to say that. I would say right even, now even better than Baltimore. I would I would probably if you ask me right now who do I think would win the division next year? I would probably choose Cleveland as mm-hmm. my favorite to win that division. Um, and there is such a thing as having too many weapons. Like that is actually, you know, a thing, you know, you have Jarvis, you have, you know, Odell, Kareem, like that, that's a lot of mouths to feed. And at a certain point, either those guys have to say, you know what, I'll accept my role and whatever's best for the team, or it's, Hey, feed me the ball. And then when it's that mentality, then things get a little crazy. Then your quarterback feels like he has to try and force it to that guy to make him happy. And it's just a bad situation, but respect to more speed. They need more speed. I, I think if, if I'm Cleveland, I go out and whether it's in the draft or in free agency, more, more than likely in the draft, I grab a, a speed receiver. Uh, Richard Higgins, the, the, that dude can play. Um, so you're good there. You keep Jarvis Landry. You let Odell go. Um, and I don't know if Kareem Hunt is a free agent or not. I try my – but if I'm them, you know, try your best to keep, you know, that two running back uh, tandem, whether you keep Kareem Hunt or you go after someone else. Um, but they're, they're in a good position. They just got to make the right decisions and they got to, I don't want, 
you you have to you really just have to build to beat Kansas City and and that you know that backfired uh, on the Clippers you know trying to build to beat the Lakers, but I I think the one thing that Denver did well was they they were in the mindset when they got Peyton Manning you have to build your team around to beat New England, and they did that, um, and they beat New England twice, uh, so. That's, you know, you, you have to, at, the, at this point, you have to build your team to beat Kansas City. You need more speed. You need to keep your running game as, as good as you can get. You need a great offensive line, a great defensive line, and you need to work on your secondary um, as best as you can. You need someone to to be able to do better covering Travis Kelsey. Look, Tyree Kill, he's he's already, you got to double him. But you got to get someone that, that can you got to learn how to cover tight ends. And that's something that Denver, you know, kind of struggled against with, with New England. Um, but they, I think they did pretty good in that second time where they limited Gronk for most of the game until the very last drive. Uh, but you got to, you know, that's, that's kind of how you have to build your team around is you have to, you have to do essentially what Denver did in, in trying to beat New England. And then once you get to the Super Bowl, if you do, then it's just you got to hope that you have a good matchup, and Denver did in in twenty sixteen. So that's kind of how I would do it. Um, but it's just like like I said, if I'm Kansas City, if I'm if you know I'm Kansas City fans, the fan base, I'm nervous with this team because Green Bay, <laughs> they're getting to the Super Bowl, um, and that's that's a team that can that can 100% be Kansas City. If I'm Kansas City, I am rooting big time for Tampa Bay to to upset Green Bay uh in the AFC Championship game. I think Kansas City will will beat Buffalo pretty easily. I just I I don't see how Buffalo gets even close. I I I think Buffalo loses by two scores. Yeah, well, a couple things. Kareem Hunt is uh, a UFA in 2023, so they have him for a couple more yeah. years. Um, yeah. I think I said T. Higgins. T. Higgins plays for, for Cincinnati. It's Rashard Higgins, right? Yeah. So, yeah, um, Higgins. so just clean that up. But um, honestly, it's funny that you mention that because I kind of feel the same way about the Bills. I just don't know. And I know a lot of people say, well, you have to, you know, you can't just you know, hope on defense stopping the Kansas City team and, 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 you know, playing field position. But I think when you play to their game of up-tempo, we're going to outpass you like the Bills have been doing. Like, they didn't, they hardly ran it at all against Baltimore. To me, that just feels like a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Well, they, um, I think they threw it, what, 20, 24 straight times to start the game or I'll, something? I'll ridiculous. pull up the like, box score, but I just... I just think that's a dangerous game to try and beat Kansas City at their own game. Now, Buffalo, they they present a lot of problems offensively, too. Stephon Diggs arguably is the best receiver in the NFL right now. Um, I would say Cole Beasley is a matchup nightmare as well. Um, he's hard to guard. Um I mean, they they have good running backs uh, with Singletary. I don't know if that uh, – I think it's Moss will play. And Josh Allen, you have to account for his ability to run the football. And then they also have John Brown, too. He had eight catches for 62 yards. But, I mean, Josh, I mean, he only threw it 37 times, but they only had 16 rushing attempts. So I just think it's a dangerous game to try and play Kansas City 
at their game. I think they actually would prefer that rather than a team play ball control and, you know, try and keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. I just, and we could just get there naturally too with the, with the Buffalo game. Um, or actually let's, let's, before we get there, what did you think of that Buffalo game? I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't really play well. 14, um, 14 pass attempts, or excuse me, 14 completions, 24 pass attempts, 162 yards, no touchdowns, a pick. This is kind of what I said when I predicted, when we were predicting the games last week. I just felt like he got his first win out of the way, but still, I just feel like he's not there as a passer. And again, you saw it. He's just not a threat as a passer. It's just, I don't know if he'll ever be that way. And yeah, I, I agree with you, but I will also say, the play calling does not help him out because they ran the like Buffalo threw the ball 18 or 20 straight times to start the game. Well, Baltimore ran the ball 18, 20 times to start the game. So you're, you're putting yourself like both of them, you're putting yourself, you're forcing yourself to be one dimensional. And so then it makes it even more difficult to do the opposite. So if you're running the ball 20 straight times, when, when you, and, and you're not running the ball well, then it's just it, the the passing game is not going to work. So you have to be balanced. You have to be. You know, Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league, arguably, right? Well, they still run like they run the ball almost half the time. They had 24 carries and Mahomes threw 30 times. So, you know, they they are a balanced team. And these other two teams, it's why their both offenses struggled in that game is because they're so one-dimensional. If you're Baltimore, you have to at least give Lamar a chance. Because by by at that point, now you start throwing the ball but you're down 10 to 3 and you're pressing. It's, you know, it's the second half. Buffalo knows that 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 you, you can't run the ball right now. And I think the wind played a factor too in that. It, the the wind also played a factor, but it, it's just you have to give Lamar a chance to give him opportunities early in the game to at least open it up for him because now you're pressing, pressing, pressing. Feels like he has to make a play, and there's your interception. So it's just I, the play calling did not help Baltimore. Now Lamar has to play better. He can't throw that ball, uh, and I with that interception. But still, you you got to help him out earlier in the game. Get him in rhythm. What do we talk about when you know Peyton was playing or even Brady? They love to get in rhythm. You have to get him in rhythm. If you run the ball 20 straight times, you're not going to get him in any sort of rhythm. Yeah. Well, the rough part about that, that interception is the play before. If you remember, he had Marquise Brown streaking across the middle and he, he, uh, he made it. He, it was a short throw. He tried to get it to him and it was short partially because he had pressure. But if he was able to get that to Brown, like he was wide open. That's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. And, and the whole, you know, point of the game changes right there. And I, I knew it didn't feel right for Baltimore when Justin Tucker missed two field goals. When he clanged those things, I was like, oh man, this is the most accurate kicker in NFL history, and especially the second one, because they showed his face after the second one, and it wasn't like a frustration like, oh man, what am I doing? It was his eyes got real big, and it was like, oh boy. And when he did that, I was like, oh boy. This is not going to end well for the Baltimore Ravens, and it and it no. ended up not ending well for them. So, yeah, I mean that win was it was you know that weather in Buffalo was was brutal for both teams. So I mean, you know that's kick, kicking the ball, throwing the ball um, was not gonna 
go right. well uh, in that game for for either. And Baltimore team. still had a chance, even when Huntley was in. Hey, credit mm-hmm. to that guy. I mean, if he hits Marquise Brown on that throw, like even Drew Locke was looking at that overthrow, like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Like, if he hits Marquise Brown, he had like a good five to ten yards on that cornerback. That's an easy touchdown at seventeen to ten. You know, if they get a stop, then there's like two, three minutes left, and you could possibly go down and try and tie it, but. He just wasn't able to, to get it to him, and you know Baltimore ends up losing. And unfortunately for Derek Wolf, he he leaves one team that's so heavily relying on an off or defense, and then he goes to another team that makes it to the playoffs, and then the offense again can't hold its weight. So poor Derek Wolf, man, he just can't get away from teams with a without bad, you know, offenses that can help out when it when they need it most. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I the I just I don't see I I'm kind of on the end where how you were. Uh, with uh, with Cleveland and Kansas City, I do not see how um, Buffalo even makes it close. I, I just I, I don't see it. I think I think I was thinking that a couple weeks ago. I think they can make it close because Buffalo is probably the most complete team right now. Even though they didn't really run the I ball, just, I disagree. They can't run the ball. Well, they, I, I'm saying they, complete. Not, from... not only can they not run the ball, they refuse to run the ball. I mean complete as in terms of like offense and defense. I think their defense has really stepped it up. I think they're playing at a high level at the at the best time that you need your defense play playing mm-hmm. uh, you know playing well. Um, and they have the firepower to score. I think they have the the firepower that can you know push Kansas City that can make it tough on them. I don't know who's who's going to stop Stephon Diggs. I, I really don't. Cole Beasley, like even if you double Stephon Diggs, I mean you still have John Brown and and Cole Beasley to worry about. And they mix in Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, does that sound familiar, Broncos fans? Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie. He's been a gadget guy for them that scored a handful of touchdowns this past regular season for them. Um, they have weapons. And like I said, even when you take away all that, then you have to worry about Josh Allen running the football. So I think they they can make it a game. I just don't know. Uh, it goes back to, do you trust Josh Allen? Because there's still times in games where he misses throws and it's like, Ooh, that was, that was a bad overthrow or that was, that was a little wonky on the accuracy. He has to play his best game. He has to, because if he comes out and and he throws a pick or they get down early, it's just, it's just not going to end well for them. I don't think, but I think they can make it close. I, I, I just still, I'm of the mindset that I will believe Kansas City will lose when the clock hits zero and they have less points than the other team. I get everybody's concerns about they're not playing their best right now. I just, that team is legitimately the NFL version of the Golden State Warriors during that run. That offense is so inevitable that when they want to turn it on, they turn it on and not only do they turn it on, it goes to nuclear level and it just explodes on you. Uh, they, they can score so quickly. I was watching the highlights of the Texans game from last year in the playoffs, and they were down 24 nothing in, in the third quarter alone, or second quarter alone, I think it was. From 13 minutes, they scored a touchdown. Then at, I think like 10 minutes, they scored a touchdown. Then eight minutes, they scored a touchdown. Then like two minutes or less than two minutes remaining, they scored a touchdown, and they go up 28-24 at halftime. I was like, that's all in one quarter. So... Buffalo has to really play the most perfect game because if you don't if you don't play Kansas City, here's the thing. Kansas City, and I tweeted this on uh, Sunday, not only are they uber talented, but they get the best bounces right now. They get the most amazing bounces, like the, the fumble out of the end zone. So even when you do play them great, 
they get a bounce that goes their way. And you, it's just everything's just falling their way. So you have to literally play perfect uh, against this team. Yeah, I, I just the the only reason why I, I don't think it, it's going to be close is just because I, I just I, I don't I, I don't like how Buffalo can't run the ball. And Kansas City, there, there's here's the thing. Kansas City's secondary is really good. They're really good. I, I just, I, I don't, Buffalo's defense could make it close, but even then, I, I, I just, I, I think, like I said, uh, you know, a month ago or whatever, I, the, toughest, the toughest matchup for Kansas City was going to be Cleveland. They won by five. There's, there's no way Buffalo makes it closer than that. There's just, I, I don't see it. The one team that I do see being able to beat Kansas City is Green Bay. Like, my God. That team, the way they blew out uh, the Rams, that right now, Green Bay is the, the, the most complete team in the playoffs remaining. They're, they're, they're absolutely the best remaining. So... Yeah, well, and they have the quarterback that can that can match Patrick. And I'm looking yeah. to see where where both teams were rushing the football. Kansas City was 16th during the regular season, 112 yards a game. Um, Buffalo was 20th, 107 yards a game. So, but a lot of that is Josh Allen. Yeah, well, like that's and I wouldn't you know, consider Kansas City a, a running football team. I think they struggle at times to do that as well. I I think they're effective though. Like at, at like at least for the most part. Well, I think it's about commitment. So worried level. about. I think if these teams commit a little bit more to the running game, like they could, they could be better, um, yeah. but they just don't. So, um, but it's it's going to be an interesting game uh, in terms of the firepower, the offenses. I think it'll be a shootout. Now it's just. Can I Buffalo see. I don't think per, so. Per, uh, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know what the over under is on, on the points, but I would take the under. I because Kansas City's offense has not been playing well. Um and Buffalo's defense has been playing great, uh and then uh I I don't trust Buffalo's offense against Kansas City's defense, so especially in Kansas City, I I I would I would say that's going to be a low scoring game. I I I think it's something like twenty to ten. So the spread is minus three. The over under right now oh, I would, I would is fifty three. Uh, Maybe I should take that now before that raises because. There's no way Buffalo makes that a three point game. No the over way. under is um fifty three and a half. Oh, then yeah, you take the under on that. I I I don't see how that's a shootout, especially with with the weather in Kansas City. Could be you you we just don't know. I mean, if it's um, windy and snowy, then I could see that. I just uh, these two teams love to air the ball out, man. Yeah, but but neither offense like here's the thing. Josh Allen hasn't played great, um, and e- even in the first game against Indy. It was relatively close, and that game he played he played better than than this pet on Saturday, and they still I what was the score of that game? I don't think they even hit fifty. So no, I think it was a low score. Yeah, so I mean, I I think it's more like twenty to 10, 23, 13. I think it's a ten point game. Interesting. I could see it finishing out at ten. I don't know if there will ever be a point that Kansas City's. I mean, I'd be shocked if they were up you know, double digits at any point in the game. If it's any point other than them closing the game, like they score a touchdown to seal it or anything like that. But 
again, I, I mentioned the firepower of that offense, and I guess I shouldn't be so shocked if they if they get up to that point. Um, the Green Bay uh, Rams game that 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 wasn't really even that much competitive, so we don't really have to dive much into that one. But well, it's just I, I think they'll just not. It's not just Rodgers. I mean, they ran the ball all over a really good defense. Now I, I know Aaron Donald was hurt. Um, but Aaron Jones, 14 carries, 99 yards, Jamal Williams, 12 carries, 65 yards. I mean, they ran for a hundred the running backs ran for 191 yards. Rogers had minus three. So I, I just, that, that team, their defense is really good. Uh, you know, the, their run defense isn't great. Cam Akers really killed them, uh, at, at certain times. So, but that's I think that Green Bay Tampa Bay game is gonna be really good. I think it's gonna be a really I'm curious to see what the, the spread on, on that is because I feel like that's a, gonna be a pretty close game. Um I don't know. I, I I do think Green Bay wins just because I think they have the more balanced team. And at the end of the day, I, I think that's just that that matters. So it's Green uh, Bay minus three and a half right now and a fifty and a half over under. So I would I would take I I mean I would take the over. I I think both teams score, but I I don't know. I I feel like it could be a, a like something like Green Bay winning by three or something. Dude, Rodgers had forty eight touchdowns and five picks this year. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, Tom had forty touchdowns at twelve picks, and it, it didn't even feel like Tom played that great this year. But that was his stat line. <laughs> That's scary, by the way. His first year in Tampa Bay, he threw for forty six hundred yards. 40 touchdowns, and we're like, man, Tom Brady sucked this yeah, year. Yeah, like, if you would have asked me to guess what Tom's numbers were, I would have probably been like, ah, maybe he got over 4,000. Maybe it was somewhere like, you know, 28 to 35 touchdowns and like, you know, 12 to 15 picks. No, he had 40 touchdowns and 12. And Aaron Rodgers, like, 48 touchdowns and five. That is that is insane. Monte Adams had 18 touchdowns. Yeah. I didn't even, and I'm looking at Mike Evans' stats. He had 70 catches for 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns. Like, that's insane. Yeah, that's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't know why the over is so low in that game. I don't know. I mean, usually, in, I guess, in playoffs games, you don't see too many shootouts. Yeah, but the but... fact that the, the Chiefs-Bills has a higher line than the the Packers-Bucks kind of makes no, maybe it's because those teams are more likely to air it out. Well, I don't know. I mean, you look at the stats of their quarterbacks for Green Bay and Tampa, and it tells you otherwise. I don't know. That's going to be a fun game to watch, though. Uh, mm-hmm. the, these are both going to be fun games to watch, I think. Um, yeah. Tampa Bay versus New Orleans, we, we talked about it on the last podcast. I just felt it was too hard to beat a team three times. Um, and, and Drew Brees, is, is, it's it's time to hang those things up. It was yeah. it's It's not good. <laughs> Yeah, I think the way they were talking to after the game, I don't know if you saw, I just feel like Drew Brees is probably going to retire. And I think more so New Orleans is ready to move on, probably. Yeah. Um, you never know. He he might return for one last year, but that's a that's probably the most he's going to get. Right. Well, um, I mean, when he's, you know, he's coming back out at the end of the game to hang out on the field with his family. Yeah. And then Tom Brady comes over to talk, which was a really cool video, by the way. I don't know if you saw that. Tom Brady coming back out onto the field, mm-hmm. talking to him and throwing a touchdown pass to his one of his sons. That was really cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just think he's he's probably done. Um, I also saw on Twitter somebody caught a video of him, I guess, talking to Jameis, saying this is your team now. I couldn't really uh, get make that out of his of his you know what he was speaking. Um, 
that one that's kind of funny that he's telling James that. I don't even know if James is the for sure future quarterback. He's still Taysom Hill there, but uh, he's like, "You're the quarterback. This is your team now." And James is like, "Me? Are you sure? Are you sure?" Uh, but it's you know for for teams like New Orleans and Pittsburgh, welcome to the party, my friends. Welcome to the party of trying to find a quarterback. Good I luck. I guarantee you, they find a quarterback quicker than the Broncos. Uh, uh well. Uh, it depends on how high they're picking, you know. I mean, if they go a free agent quarterback, then maybe. But, I mean, it's not easy to find a guy in the draft, especially when you're a good team. I would venture to guess that the Saints will still be a good team. I don't know if they'll be a, you know, a super playoff competitive team next year. Maybe they're hovering around 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it's it's going to take a while. Like, you rarely find a quarterback unless you already have one stashed away, unless this is like a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation, a Joe Montana, Steve Young situation. Like, you rarely have that go your way. So, I mean, all I'm saying, you know, New Orleans fans, Pittsburgh fans, brace yourselves. Because yeah, this, I think, I think the more concerning one is Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jameis can, can be a solid quarterback. He just needs to, you know, not throw not throw to the other maybe james is colorblind i don't know (laughs) maybe the james we're wearing white uniforms today okay all right right. i won't won't throw it to the to the other ones today um yeah so i don't i don't know but these games conference weekend are going to be fun um since we might not be doing a podcast for the rest of the week we should just pick these conference games now so tampa bay versus green bay um and then buffalo kansas city which one do you want to start with uh, we can start with the Kansas City one because okay. I look. I Kansas City wins. I I don't I don't see how Buffalo really makes it close. I'm I would take Kansas City covering the three. Um, I just I'd be shocked honestly. Like I I wouldn't be shocked on the other end if either team won. I'd be shocked if Buffalo won. Yeah. I just I just don't think that they match up well against Kansas City. I'm I'm gonna pick Kansas City as well. A couple weeks ago, I, I would have felt like this was like a sure thing. A hundred percent, Kansas City would win. I would say I'm like ninety percent sure. Like I still, I'm pretty sure they 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 would win this game. Just because I, I just I just don't know if playing in a Kansas City style is the smartest thing. But I mean, if that's your style, like there's nothing you can really do about it. Right. Um. But I just again, man, this we see this team twice a year, and I get it. They haven't looked the same. They, you know, it looks like they're lackadaisical, but when they want to go and when they want to reach maximum capacity, their maximum capacity is unlike anybody's we've seen in a long time. Um, I think it was Tom Pelissero tweeted out during the Chiefs game that the Chiefs make, you know, down in distances that are long seem relatively easy to pick up. And I felt that way about that 2013 Broncos offense. It could have been third and 15. And I'm like, this is a first down. Third and 11. Oh, this is a first down. And, and majority of the time it was. That's how I feel with Kansas City. When they were in that like second and 25 situation, I was like, they're going to find a way to get this. And they did. So I just feel like when they want to turn it on, their level of play is so much higher than everybody else's. It's hard to match. And I think the last thing you want to do is get them clicking on all cylinders and trust me, there's going to be no concussion protocol that exists this week. I mean, I, I tweeted it out, I think, this morning like or yesterday. Patrick Mahomes could literally be Daffy Duck after he got sat on in Space Jam with the Tweety Birds all around his face. And they'd be like, all right, Patrick, you're good to go. Go on ahead, my man. And they would send him out to pasture. So I think he'll play. I think they'll be fine. 
I think it's it's a close game. I don't see it being necessarily a blowout. So I'm going to lean Kansas City here too as well. Uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Uh, I just, you mentioned how, how, how well-rounded Green Bay is. I just, I just don't know if I trust Tampa Bay. There's been a lot of times this season where they just, they, they fall off, they play good, and they followed up, you know, followed up with a, a bad performance. All their, their defense is, although playing really good, um, at the end of the season and into the playoffs, I just think, uh, I, I just trust Green Bay more. I think. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, Tampa Bay's defense too. You know they they had one of the best rushing defenses in the league, but even then, Kamara still ran for eighty five yards. Uh, now here's the thing. This is the one matchup where Tampa Bay absolutely crushed. Tampa Bay beat one playoff team during the regular season, one, and it was Green Bay, and they beat them thirty eight to ten. So that's why I'm a little bit more hesitant uh, of, of picking Green Bay just because of that first game. Aaron Rodgers, you uh, talked about how good of a year he had. In that game, he was 16 of 35, 160 yards, and two picks. Um, Jamal Williams, four carries, 34 yards. That's pretty good. But then the, other, the others, I mean, Aaron Jones had 15 yards on 10 carries. Um they seem to have had all their weapons. Now, that was early on in the year. So that was week, what, six maybe? Or six or seven. Uh, so it's it's obviously a little bit different. But even like Brady didn't play, the, play that well. They kind of just ran all over Tampa Bay. And it was just a lot of, um, I think they, there might have been a couple of pick sixes or maybe just one. So... That I don't know. I I just I don't think Green Bay is gonna play that badly. Uh, yeah, there was a thirty-two yard uh, pick six, and that's it. Um, as far as defensive touchdowns, but I'm gonna go with Green Bay. I but like I said, this is the this is the one game where I wouldn't be shocked if either team won. I mean, is there any result like even? And first off, it's kind of funny that on one side of the NFL conferences you have kind of the old guard Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady and then on the other side you have the new guys Patrick Mahomes potentially Josh Allen if he could keep this level of play up like it's like passing of a torch almost it's it's very symbolic (laughs) but um regardless like I would be totally fine with watching a Green Bay Kansas City Super Bowl a Tampa Bay Kansas City Super Bowl um or even if it was Buffalo I think it would be less exciting if Buffalo was there I think yeah. I'd, I think if I had to rank them, I'd probably want to see Green Bay, Kansas City most than Tampa Bay, Kansas City because of you know the Brady Mahomes storyline. You have the the goat right now and potentially the future goat um, that will overtake him. It would be like if MJ and LeBron were able to play each other. That's kind of what it would be like. So mm-hmm. and, you know, if it was Buffalo, I think I'd rather see again just probably Aaron Rodgers and, and Josh Allen and then and then Tom Brady, but. I don't think you can lose. Like either way, if if any of these teams go, I, I I'd be completely fine with watching a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's teams. it's funny you say the the whole LeBron MJ thing. I think also seeing Mahomes versus Rodgers, I think is something that uh, I feel like something we didn't get in the NBA was Kobe versus LeBron. Just you know, two that at the time were were the two best players in the league. 
Um, and it's just, I, I think, obviously, those two, I think, are right now the two best quarterbacks in the league, Rodgers and Mahomes. That, to me, is the, the Super Bowl matchup I want to see. It's, if I'm a Kansas City fan, though, I'm, <laughs> I want Tampa Bay. I don't want yeah. to see Green Bay. The way Green Bay can run the ball, uh, Rodgers, the way he's playing right now, you know, he only has one Super Bowl win. He's only been there once. Uh, I think if he gets there, th- that would probably be my pick. Um, so if I'm a Kansas City fan, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. Uh, if I'm either a fan of Green Bay or Tampa Bay, I'm rooting for Buffalo. But well, I, just, like, I, I don't think Buffalo If wins. you're Kansas City, you're legitimately playing a guy on the other side that can do everything that your guy can do. And he has been doing it. Except like, for, well, Brady can't run, but yeah. No, I, I'm saying if Kansas City plays Green Bay, mm-hmm. like they're they're facing a, a guy in Aaron Rodgers that can do everything that Patrick Mahomes can do and has been doing it for years. You know, he can throw, he can create out of the pocket. He can right. throw deep downfield. He can make mind, like when I think Aaron Rodgers, I immediately think of that uh, that play in Dallas where he's scrambling to the left in the playoff game and he throws it on a rope to, I think it was Jared Cook. I think it was. Um, and he gets his feet in right at the sideline and they kick the field goal to win ultimately. But like Rogers could do that. Now I haven't seen him throw a left-handed pass like Mahomes has, but, or, an, or a no look pass, but I wouldn't put, you know, put it past Aaron Rodgers to throw a no look pass. Like he has that arm talent as well. So that would be fun. I think like, like you, that's, that's my top one is Green Bay, Kansas City. I think that would be great. But if, even if we got Tampa Bay, Kansas City, I think that would be that would be fun too. I just don't know if Tampa could make it close because um, they did kind of get their faces kicked in. Game. I think that's a close game just because the way they beat Green Bay. Well, it was, it was close the first time around too, actually. Um, I think Kansas City only won by a score, like three points. So. Yeah, well, yeah, they were up... They were up well, big, but uh, up Tampa big. was able to come back and score a touchdown, and then Kansas City got the ball back, and it was a wrap. So, right. Um, yeah. yeah, it, it was that classic during the regular season. Kansas City just getting up. Yeah, they got up 17 nothing At the half, they were up 20-7. to At one point, I think they were up 27-7. to uh, Going into the fourth, they were up 27-10. to So, you know, it was just one of those things where Kansas City was just like, yeah, okay, we, we won the first three quarters. We're going to chill the fourth. Yeah. We'll, we'll relax now because we can do yeah. that. But either way, it's going to be fun. Um, but that's essentially it's going to wrap up our pick I, of course, took the crown as I declared I would early in the season. <laughs> hear ye, hear ye. Uh, crumble is on you. I'm excited. Now, I am bummed because I didn't keep my 20-game lead, but a win's a win. I will take it. Uh, I would assume... If I get these games correct, the next three possible games left on the schedule, I'm going to finish with 182 wins, and the most losses I could get is 88. I mean, that's insane. I mean, you had yeah. an okay year, too, you know, 164 and 100. But I mean, that's a good year. <laughs> it's just a good year. This <laughs> is a really good year. Like, we both did great. It's just you were absurd. Yeah, yeah. I was I was literally Steph Curry. I was Patrick Mahomes. I was Nikola Jokic. I was just I just hit everything. I was Sambor shuffling this whole season. Although I will say towards the end of the regular season, I was I was losing it. Uh, you know, I was yeah. Jamal Murray in the second half last night. Um, I started great, and then oh boy, those final weeks were a little tough for me. Uh, and natural segue. Segue. Speaking of Jamal Murray, oh boy, <sighs> the Denver Nuggets 
had a chance to get past 500 again last night, and they didn't. Again, another third quarter that they just lollygag around and guys can't hit shots. And, and last night was really one of those nights where two guys showed up and nobody else did. Um, if you look at the box score, you'll see, you know, okay, Jokic, 35-14-9. I mean, if, honestly, if those guys hit those shots, he probably comes away with 15 assists last night. Uh, but whatever. 14 to 23, three of six from the field. I mean, he was amazing. It's Jokic, so we can expect that now. Jamal Murray, you look at his stat line. Oh, wow, 30 points, five rebounds, four assists. That's great, right? Well, no, because he had to take 27 shots to get there. Uh, he was four of 11 from three. Um, he did, you know, he went four or five from the free throw line, so that's better. That was a concern I mentioned on the last podcast. But he had 24, I think, at halftime. And then in the second half, he's just, he was a no-show. Um, he just couldn't buy a bucket. And you look at everybody else, Paul Millsap, two of six. Will Barton, I mean, my goodness, man. He could not finish for his life at the rim last night. One of six. Gary Harris, uh, it was concerned. He, you know, he gets hot. He gets going offensively, gets his rhythm. Then he misses a couple games, two of 11, eight points. You know, J- uh, Jermichael Green couldn't hit a shot, two of eight. Uh, Hartenstein, 0 of three. Composo was two of four. Monte Morris, he was only three of seven, seven points. And P.J. Dozier had nine with three of five, but it was just a night where they they couldn't buy a bucket from anyone outside of Nikola Jokic really consistently. They didn't shoot great, 40% from the field, 37 from three. Um, and the sad part is they out-rebounded uh, the Jazz. They also had less turnovers than the Jazz, and they still lost. It's just, we're, we're at game 13, I think for us, we, we said, you know, give it around 15, 20 games. My fear, though, is that we're starting to see, and it's, I, I have to keep reminding myself, okay, well, MPJ has missed a lot of games too as well. They didn't have Jermichael Green, so they really still haven't had the full lineup available and how they want to play things exactly. So I think maybe I might extend that to like 25, 30 games, but I'm just worried that this team is maybe a slightly above average six through eight seed basketball team. That's just my feel right now. Um, yeah, I, you know, Malone came out today, uh, and said they're missing their starting small forward. I thought that was interesting. Um, he said, yeah, we're, we're missing MPJ. who's our starting small forward. He's averaging 20 and seven a game. Uh, so I, I think it's more of let's keep being patient, see what happens when MPJ comes back. It's extremely frustrating that MPJ has been out as long as he has been. Um, I don't know. They're hoping he's back happened. Friday, I think. Yeah, but I, I just I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know if that was an issue, like if it was an actual issue or if it was just something just unfortunate and bad luck. Um, so I don't know that they're keeping it pretty unwrapped. So I, I just, that's a little concerning to me. Um, but again, when he comes back, they obviously need him. They, they need someone to be able to score other than, you know, uh, Jokic and and Jamal. So let, let's see what, what happens when MPJ gets back. Um, but like I said, uh, early on in the season, you know, it's just, one thing with this team is it it really 
Jamal Jamal just hasn't shown it. And if if we get to the trade deadline, if if he's still not showing it, I'm offering Jamal and you know as much as I can without offering MPJ for Bradley Bill. That's that's what I'm doing. But I mean, if he's playing like that, if you're Washington, would you even want Jamal? <laughs> like, I mean, if he's struggling know. like that, you might have to up the ante, you know. So it's it's kind yeah, of yeah. But a lose, I don't lose. think there, there's no way there's no way Denver will offer. Um, oh sure, yeah, yeah. No, I mean the only way I'd offer you know Jamal and MPJ is if I'm getting like Kevin Durant back. That that's the only way I'm offering that. So it's just it's a lose lose because if Jamal doesn't play well. And then you 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 know you're answering some calls or maybe you're thinking about making some calls at the trade deadline. Well, his trade value has has plummeted, right? Um, but but then if you don't do that, you know, then you're you're just kind of stuck playing this inconsistency game. And I thought this was an interesting stat from Harrison Wind. Um, after last night's close loss to Utah, the last season the Nuggets were sixth best uh, clutch team in the league. In 2018-19, they were the best clutch team. This season, the Nuggets are 1-6 in, in clutch games, uh, games where the margin is defined as between uh, 5 points with 5 minutes or less remaining. And that's with the most clutch player statistically in the NBA on your team. And you're still losing these games. Um, now, I think there was bound to be a drop-off because they have been insane in late games. Uh, they, they've just been nuts. So I thought there could be a drop-off, but going from you know the best and 6th to now... You know, the uh, one in six in those games, I don't know where that stacks up as far as rankings, but I, I can't imagine it's very high. That's, I thought they would maybe fall to somewhat of the middle of the pack, and it seems like now they've fallen completely to the bottom. I get it, though. I'm with you. I think we just have to remain patient, and I know that's a, it's a, it's a trigger word for Nuggets Nation, because it's like, we're, that's all we're told is be patient. Just let this thing play out. Let it develop, you know, with the players and all this stuff. And it's just like, you want to see the results because you know what this team is capable of. Especially when you have a guy like Nikola Jokic who is, I don't know if he's playing at his peak level. Um, because he's only 25, 26. But man, if he can get better, I, I just, that that's insane to me already. Because he's he's literally averaging a triple-double this year. And if he's not top three in the MVP voting right now, then people are just, they're just ignorant. Yeah, it, it makes me nervous, though, that he's 25-26, and it just seems to be going backwards. I, I'm just afraid they're going to miss their window. Um, but, you know, the the past couple of years, I've kind of felt like this team reminds me of Dallas when they had Dirk uh, during his prime, and... They just couldn't never really get there. They got to the finals in what 2006. They lost to the Heat, um, and they finally won one at the end of his career. I'm just, I think that's gonna be very similar to this team. Um, but you, like, you gotta be careful because if if you're not really going anywhere and you're kind of going backwards or staying the same, Jokic could easily leave, and he has a lot of friends around the league. Yeah, so he's a well liked guy. Um, and I just think it's going to come to a point where the Nuggets have to rethink how this team is built. And we've said it multiple times. They need to build this team with shooters around him. Now, it's it's hard to find shooters that can also attack the basket and that are, you know, great 3 and D guys or great off ball and, and cut it. But they have to. 
the the Nuggets are chock full of guys who can slash and get to the basket. Uh, you know, Will Barton, PJ Dozier, Jamal Murray can do that, even though he's a better shooter than those guys. It just seems like they're overloaded with a bunch of guys. You know, Gary Harris you can throw in there, MPJ to an extent. They don't have a lot of knockdown shooters. Shooters. They don't have a Duncan Robinson. They don't have a JJ Redick. They don't have you know Bogdanovich. They they need guys like that to play with Jokic because when he passes it out to you and you can't knock down a shot, then it just defeats the whole purpose. And then eventually the defense just, you know, sucks into him and he can't be effective. And then he's forced to take jump shots outside. So at some point, I think that's going to come to a head to where they have to, to figure out the structure of this team. You know what the foundation is. You just need to, to build in the right parts about it. And our guy, Ryan Blackburn put out an article of the nuggets right now, just kind of the five things that he, thinks is um kind of hindering the Nuggets right now. The first thing he mentioned was Paul Millsap is just getting toasted defensively, uh, specifically on the perimeter. Last year, he was one of the better players. This year, he has the second highest, uh, and high meaning like not good, defensive rating, uh, 115.7 points per 100 possessions. That's second behind MPJ. So not good. And then he also cites, you know, Fasundo Campazzo is, is still adjusting to his role. That's been a transition in itself. Will Barton, his finishing, we saw that last night on dis- on display. He missed at least three layups. Jermichael Green, he mentions the power forward versus Jermichael Green at the center. He's uh, had more success playing power forward as opposed to center. I think we saw a little bit of that last night because when he's the center, then you're running the Jokic-style offense to where he's involved in every play, whereas he, if he's just power forward, it's a lot of pick and pops and, uh, you know, you know, secondary offense, and then Michael Porter Jr. obviously not being in the lineup. So, again, too, another thing, we have to realize that this is the most um, turnover that a Michael Malone roster has seen in his tenure here. So, new players mixed with not everybody being available when you need them, mixed with a weird shortened offseason, mixed with a tough schedule to start, Again, I said this, you know, on the last pod, and I think on a couple pods before that, I think the Denver Nuggets are really just getting hit with the perfect storm right now of adversity. It's just they're getting hit from every side. And I guess credit to them for staying at 500 or around 500. But, I mean, when you look at their their stretch coming up, you got OKC tomorrow, um, but then you have two against Phoenix, Friday and Saturday, back-to-back in Phoenix. Then you go to Dallas. Then you have Miami, who albeit has struggled. Miami's four and seven this year. Did you realize that? Yeah. Well, they they've had uh, Butler out for a lot of those games. Okay. I was gonna say, like, I, I saw that on their standings. I was like, oh my gosh. Uh, San Antonio has has actually been a really scrappy good team this year. So that's not yeah, gonna be they, an easy game. They won today. Yeah. Uh, they. Who did they beat? Uh, Portland. Yeah. Well, Portland had TJL and. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, and they well, I Nurk think they out. Too, so. so Nurkic is out. Zach Collins is out. So. Um, but no, San Antonio has been a tough team. That's a team mm-hmm. that you can't just, you know, disrespect this year. And then you have Utah. So that's a tough little stretch right there. Yeah. Um, and then you'll get Detroit with Jeremy Grant. Uh, but that, but after that, you get the Lakers, the Kings, who the Nuggets are 0-2 against, Milwaukee. Um, Cleveland has come back down to earth a little bit, um, OKC. But then you see, again, you know, the Lakers, Boston. So this is a tough stretch where you're playing good teams, and if the Nuggets aren't careful, they could find themselves four or five games back um, in the standings. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes, too, 
I, I don't want to be that person, but I mean, the in such a weird year, like, uh, do I want to say this? If something were to happen to, say, a starting um, MVP candidate and he has to miss the rest of the season, it's a, you know, it might be a good draft to where you can get another piece. Just saying. Right. No, I, I've been just thinking saying. that like, as well. Like, maybe this is just the year that you take a step back, but to take a step forward, ultimately. Right. I, I don't um, want to say, you know, I kind of hinted at who, but I'm just saying, like. They're not it, tank, it, but. It, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Well, I think it's just, it's just this type of year. Well, that it's a weird transition from last year to this year. Again, the turnover of the roster. I just, would it be disappointing if the nuggets, you know, were a, you know, a a seven, six through eight seed? Yes. Or even if they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. It'd be a huge disappointment, but given how weird this year is, I don't think I'd mind it as much because specifically too, like people have to realize like, even if the nuggets were playing well, they're not going to win a championship this year. <laughs> like, I don't know if anybody's getting past the Lakers. Yeah. The I Lakers have that on, on luck, at least getting to the finals. Right. But even if you, or the Clippers, but even if you somehow magically were able to get past those teams, right. Do we really think that the nuggets could beat the, the Brooklyn nets in a seven game series? I don't no. think so. No, I don't think, especially with James Harden now, like it's just, it's a guaranteed, um, you know, either Brooklyn and Lakers finals victory. I, I think that's what it is. Now you can throw Milwaukee in there if you want to, but I view them as like the Clippers that I, you know, of the West, you know, that's how I view them. I think they can make it to the finals, but I just think it's unlikely. So again, like you said, I don't, it wouldn't, it would suck, but is this a year that maybe you accept like, oh no, we have to take a step back to eventually take a step forward because there's going to be some some good draft prospects in this class. Yeah, um, I haven't really looked. I know Cade Cunningham is probably going to be the, the first overall pick uh, or maybe that Jalen Suggs kid. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Cunningham's a, he's a power forward and he's at Oklahoma, he's a, Oklahoma State. He's a... He's a six foot eight point guard. Is he a point guard? I thought he was a power forward. Yeah, they have him listed as a point guard, shooting guard. He's six foot eight. Oh my um, gosh, he's six eight and he's a guard. Goodness. Yeah. Can, can he shoot though? It's funny that their, compar- their comparison is uh, Grant Hill. Um, well, this year he in twelve games, uh, 34, 34 minutes per game. He's averaging eighteen points, uh, six rebounds, three point seven assists, shooting thirty nine percent from the. From three fifty percent, uh, from two forty six overall. Um, so I think he's the best player in the draft. Now I know this Jalen Suggs guy has been going crazy. Um, six foot five point guard. He's averaging fourteen five and five, shooting fifty five percent from the field, thirty nine from three. Uh, he plays for Gonzaga, and then Jonathan Kuminga, who's one of the few guys that went to the G League this year. Six foot eight, small forward slash power forward in the G League. Um, oh well, I guess they they're not playing, right? Yeah, the G League. I don't I don't believe they're playing. Yeah, so he hasn't played, but he's listed as uh, the third best. But they're not going to get. I mean, unless they get ridiculously lucky in in the uh, in the lottery. But if you you know if you miss the playoffs, you're anywhere between ten to fourteen. Guys like Scotty Barnes, Josh Christopher. 
Um, BJ Boston could drop. I don't know. Charles Bassey, he's a power forward. I don't know. I mean, there's there's guys. I think I would be looking at, you know, if you could get Josh Christopher, uh, a two guard that can score the ball um, or a power forward like uh, Charles Bassey, then that's that's where I'd be looking. But Or BJ Boston, another shooting guard, uh, six foot seven out of Kentucky. So it, worst case, you know, that's, that's not the worst thing in the world. Like if, if they do miss the playoffs and maybe they get lucky in the lottery um, or, you know, you're right around that 10 to 14 and you get someone to drop to you. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's looking like it's going to be a tough year, even if they find a way to, to snap out of it. I mean, at this point, I think it's highly. I mean, and we're still so early in the season. It's yeah. just me well, being look, pessimistic. Nikola Jokic is having a triple double, and they're they have a losing record. If you it's told so me that, nuts. if you told me that Nikola Jokic had would be averaging triple double, and I I I threw how many? They played fifteen games. Thirteen. Thirteen. I would say if he had a triple double, I'd say they're nine and four. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you told me that and said that, well, they're they're a game back five hundred and through thirteen games. I would have said, okay, well, Jamal must have gotten hurt, and MPJ must be struggling, or he got hurt as well. Well, to be fair, no MPJ has, MPJ's only played four games, right. and Jamal missed, what, two, three? So, has he missed I games? Mean, that's, yeah. Yes. Uh, that's, that's pretty much exactly what's happened. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it, look, at the end of the day, they're a game out of, fifth, out of the fifth seed. Like, San Antonio's eight and six. So... I mean, they're game and a half out of the... Uh, Jamal's, the Jamal's played... He's played 12 games. Oh, so he, he missed that one. So, yeah, he's played 12 um, of 13. Um, I think his elbow is hurt right now. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are saying that his elbow... I saw Ryan Blackburn saying that he would be shocked if, you know, when MPJ gets back, they, they sit Jamal. Like, Jamal gets banged. Like, he's like CJ Anderson, man. He just gets banged up, and he falls, and it just feels like death. Every time he gets hit, and he falls on the floor, he gets kneed in the thigh a lot. I'm like, like, wrap yourself in bubble wrap. They just, it always looks so painful for him when he's out there. Um, but yeah, no, you mentioned the standings. I mean, you look at it well, right now. I mean, they're, yeah, they're six and seven. So technically they're out last night. I think they were the eight seed. Um, but I mean, you know, you win a couple games here and you get to the five seed, but there's a lot of teams struggling though. I mean, mm. Miami heat, you know, Toronto, no, I wouldn't have guessed Toronto would have been a four and eight at this time last year. Uh, or, you know, if you would have told me in the off season, So, and obviously, I think the Nuggets are the only surprising team in the West that's really fallen. I mean, Memphis yeah, is 500. Well, you know what's weird, too, is you look across the league, um, like in the West, there are four teams that are, no, one, two, three, four. Yeah, four teams that are six and six. Um, like, across the league... You've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams at six wins. Yeah. Pretty much right around 500. You know, you got, I mean, teams that are right around 500. I mean, there's there's a whole long list of, of those teams. So it's just a weird, like, year. Like, you got two, maybe three teams on each side that have a pretty good record. Um, one team has a, two teams have a great record in the Lakers and the Clippers. 
And then you've got what three teams that have a terrible record yeah. or maybe four teams. So like, it's, it's just one of those years where you got heavy, you got a couple teams that are, are really good, a few teams that are really bad. And then everyone else is right around the same, right? Well, around and five. the teams with the exceptional records. I mean, they have top five players, you know, LeBron, AD, Kawhi, right. um, and Giannis, if you want to include Milwaukee at nine and four, um, and it's not like two, I guess, if we're going to, you know, state some positive things. The Nuggets haven't been blown out a lot in their losses. They've only been blown out once. That but was by the Clippers. They're blowing a lot of big leads. Exactly. So it feels like they're there. They're just not putting together games. Um, and it's the third quarters that are just, just absolutely dooming them. Um, I think that's you just a focus funny thing. Every time, I'm telling you, every time I wait till halftime, and I, I I take the other team, and it works every time. <laughs> well, that's just, just, that's just it's awful just, of you to admit. It's just it's the easiest thing you can, you can do. Like it, hey, the the Nuggets are uh, at minus thirteen. We'll take the we'll take the other team because they blow it every time. They do. They they, they absolutely just blow it that the, right through the first two minutes of the game. I was like, well, there you go. That was easy. And it's the same uh, stuff it's, too. It's just focus. They they stop attacking. They miss shots. And you know Scott Hastings mentions this all the time on the broadcast. The Nuggets team is is so connected in that if the offense is playing well, the defense is usually playing well. But when the offense struggles, their defense struggles. They're not a team that's where like oh we're struggling offensively. We need to lock down defensively. It just doesn't work like that, um, unfortunately. But. If there's a if there's a positive note, you know, like we just mentioned, the Nuggets haven't necessarily been getting blown out. I mean, in their losses, you lost to the Kings 124-122. You ended up losing by 13 to the Clippers, um, but you know, you lost to the Kings in overtime 125 to 15. You lost to the Suns by 3, 106-103. Uh, you lost to the Mavericks in a winnable game in overtime 124-117. You lost to the Nets in which you were up 18, 122-116. Then you lose to the Jazz the other night, uh, 109-105. So they're not getting like their faces kicked in. So it's not a situation where I think the Nuggets suck. I don't think they're a bad basketball team. I just again, I just think they're getting hit with the perfect storm of adversity. It's guys not being available. Um, you know, it's it's focus, it's turnover on 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 the team and finding roles. And that, that is hindered because guys aren't completely available, so their lineups aren't great, so they're kind of having to mix and match guys. Um, you know, guys missing time at the wrong time, like Gary Harris after he finds his rhythm. You know, it's just all this stuff that's just hitting them at the perfect time. And it, it just really sucks because Jokic is playing so great. Like, he is just playing so great. If this team was 9-4, and 8-6, and six, I mean, he would getting major... Well, he probably wouldn't be because, let's, let's, let's face it, I mean, it's... They don't. They still don't love Jokic. <laughs> I mean, the national media. It's still LeBron, KD, Kawhi, which rightfully so. But he's he's arguably playing the best out of anybody right now in the NBA. And it's just unfortunately right now it's being wasted because the team just can't can't get it together. So mm-hmm. yeah, well that's what I'm saying. I mean, wouldn't be the worst thing if uh, if something happened. Yeah. Yeah. God, you're so you're so just dark. You bet against your teams. Hoping for bad things. Are you actually a Denver fan anymore? Gosh. I'm just look. Well, and and don't look. If obviously it would suck, but at the point where they are now, it's like 
Look, they could they can easily go on a run and they could get right back up to the three or yeah. four seed. Yeah, and yeah, I it's way too them. early to just to hope right. for losing right now. Well, no, I'm not hoping that they lose. I'm just saying, in a weird year, if something were to happen, it's not the worst thing in the world. Right. If we get to 30 games and we're sitting at you know 10, 12 wins, which I mean in this stretch could be possible. Then I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe we just pack this thing in a little bit. But, right. Um, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting off season, or not off season. It's going to be an interesting season as we go through because will will Tim and that front office will they overreact to this? Will they will they get scared? Like I'd be curious to see what well, their mindset is right now. I'm just the one thing I'm afraid of is that you you're too patient. Um. In this league, you've got to make moves if you want to win. And, you know, it's... Will they regret not making that James Harden trade if they wanted Jamal Murray? Um, Maybe. Maybe. I, I think if Beal goes somewhere and not to Denver, I think that's that will be a killer. Then we just have that to hope that KD opts out and he comes here. That's just what we have to bank on. Yeah. That's all we have yeah, to do. Yeah, leave James Harden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, okay, James Harden or lovable Jokic? Who would you rather play for? I know who I'd rather play for. Spe- speaking of that, did you see Jokic's video? This was uh, like last week sometime, I think it was, uh, when they were introducing the starting lineups and they had the players voice over their stuff. Did you did you see that that video? No. They uh-huh. had all the players of the starting lineup voice their stuff, and Gary Harris, you know, starting shooter, whatever. It got to Jokic, and he was like, Nikola Jokic, uh, position, whatever you want me to play, school, <laughs> uh, Harvard. It, like, it was it was hilarious. I'll have to find the video and send it to you. But he <laughs> position, whatever you want me to do or play, uh, school, Harvard. <laughs> like this guy's is, he's amazing he's the best i could have ever asked for oh gosh all right that's gonna do it for us today we thank you guys for tuning in uh we know that the podcasts are gonna get cut in terms of frequency during the week but we're gonna try and at least get one uh done throughout the week so we uh we appreciate you guys rocking with us and uh, let me check real quick where are we at in terms of our road to 1k i know we're close uh we're at 978 man 22 plays Come on, people. We're well, almost so there. The next time we have one, we'll hit 1,000. I think after this episode, I think we'll, we'll be at 1,000. So that'll be really cool. But for Brandon Stoll on the other side, um, I am Stephen Priest, the Pick'em Champion, um, Crumble Champion. Uh, <laughs> I wish they, I really wish they would respond to me. I, I give them so much free pub, publicity on social media. It's not even well, funny. They, lock, they liked a bunch of your... They like it, but they never like respond. Like... There's times, well, yeah, but there's times like the ones I want them to respond to is like, where do I send my resume to be a part of the cookie making process? (laughs) How do I get to be a cookie maker and make the big decisions of what flavors get made? That's what I want them to respond to. I want them to sponsor us. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm, (laughs) I'm so, this is really sad, but well, what's really sad is I almost have, I will have $60 in crumble cash. That's just, that's insane. I might have diabetes by the end by the end of this next, this year, uh, but what is really sad is Crumble has apparel, and I'm seriously considering buying a hoodie. Like I have a problem, but I don't know if I want it to go away. 
Um, but no, like those are the tweets and, and posts I want them to respond to. Like, hey, like guys, seriously, where do I send my like? They think I'm joking, but I'm I'm like literally not. Um, like I really want to make cookies and decide what flavors are made. If not, I'll take the entry level job of breaking the cookie during the Instagram video. And they liked that tweet, but they didn't respond to me. Like they think I'm joking. I'm being serious. I'm, I might have to write a letter to the CEO. It's it's really making me angry. Just, just clip this out and, and tweet it to him. Honestly, it's making me angry. So look, okay, no, Stephen is going to tweet this out to Crumble. Okay. Yeah. This is our message to them. Okay. Yeah. It started here. Yeah. All right. Crumble cookie. Uh, here's what I want. Okay. Um, it's like a hostage situation. If you, if you want to sponsor us, that'd be great. Be amazing. I know we don't we don't have to get a lot of listens, but we're 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 going up. We'll we're going change up. It to the Crumble Podcast. Yeah, yeah, we'll change our name. Sure, we'll, the the Crumble Sports Podcast or something. Uh, and um, it would be my honor. I I would like a hoodie in that deal. That's that's what I would want. What what now, now tell them what what you want. Um, so many things. Where do I even start? <laughs> uh, I would love to just try every cookie that is made. I will be the taste tester. If I can't have that job. Like, if they're like, Steven, try these cookies to make sure they don't have salmonella. We can't poison everybody. I would say, I will risk my life for the good of everyone else. I will put my life on the line for you all and try these cookies. Yes, that is a duty I'm willing to take. If I can't take that, okay, fine. Uh, Can I help make the cookies in terms of uh, this week, we're going to have lemon snickerdoodle fudgesicle flavor. I want to make that decision. I don't know who gets paid to do that decision, but I want that job. So if we can do that, that'd be cool. If we can't do that, okay, fine. I will settle for the uh, the cookie breaking of the, in, in the videos on Instagram and Twitter. Um, my hands are nicely moisturized. I think I have attractive hands. I think I would be a great hand model. So now if I can't do any of that, I will settle for just being – you know, the, the, the notary of writing down the recipes, um, and and making sure they're dispersed out to all the stores. If I can't even get that job, then I'm just depressed. I don't, I don't know what else I could do. So, okay. Yeah. Well, send that to them and, and, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. They think I'm joking, but I'm really being serious. (laughs) They they do like every time they like it, I'm like, but okay. Like you liked it, but like, like respond to me. Like honestly, have you, it's getting... have you have you applied for any? Do they have no, any jobs? The only you thing look? you can apply for is to make the cookies, and like I don't want to make the cookies because I'd eat the cookies. <laughs> so like it's not good. You can't eat your own product. No successful business person can live like that. Okay, then I would get fired. Then yeah, then I'd be sad. So no, yeah, that's not. It wouldn't be a healthy relationship. It would be very detrimental to me and them. So. <sighs> Just love me, Crumble. Why don't you love me as much as I love you? Let's see. This week they got Snickerdoodle Cupcake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Biscoff. Lava. Yeah. I don't know. What Lava. I think they have frozen chip. hot chocolate. Yeah, frozen hot chocolate. Oh, my gosh. Like, who? Have, have you tried their oh. ice cream? No. That's another thing. They have ice cream now. I'm just like, oh, my God. How? I want to decide these things. Wow. They have a lot of different. They have cookies and cream, salted caramel, s'mores, lemon, poppy seed, chocolate cake, vanilla, Biscoff. Buckeye brownie, churro, muddy buddy, raspberry cheesecake. Yeah, I know. They have their own water bottle. You got to get that and just, you know, have it on your desk. I t- don't tempt me. Like, oh, I here, literally... careers. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's just going to be like the cookie makers. 
And it doesn't even tell you what you can apply for. It's just like, you know, tell us why you want to work here. And I would say, because I like to eat cookies. And they're oh, like, yeah. well, he's probably not a good fit because he'd probably eat the cookies. And I'd say, yes, that is correct. So I just wish they would love me as much as I love them. Yeah, they got socks. They got toddler youth hoodies. I'm telling stickers. you. Stickers. Yeah. Um, oh, they have a mask. You got to get their face mask. I would, um, I would buy whatever they want me to buy if I could be a part of their team. They got T-shirts, long sleeves. It's sad that they I'm thinking about They have a backpack. Yeah. I know. Trust me. I know. I've been through there. It's sad. You know, I feel I feel really fat. It's like a, a obese person, like going like if McDonald's had an apparel store, like buying McDonald's apparel. Really it's fat. not like and, and like their merch is really cheap. Like their water bottles, ten bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, their hoodie is only thirty five. Yep. Their backpack is only thirty. The face mask, the face mask is three dollars. That's cheap. Now, see, now, to other places. To, now I'm gonna have to go to the website now. Now I might actually buy something. Their long sleeve is twenty five. The I Love Cookies crew neck is 30. It sounds like it was made just for me, honestly. I really like the black one where it's like the pink, you know, lettering right there. That's just... Oh, yeah, that hoodie, yeah. I love it. There's also a white one. Yeah, I just... Yeah, I wish they would sponsor us. I wish they would, you know, stop ghosting me on social (laughs) media and actually respond to me. It might get to the point where I have to step it up and, like, DM them every day. Like, guys, like, I'm actually being serious, though. Like, how do I get a job there? And we'll see. How I mean, maybe, maybe they're just not hiring, but, you know, you're on their list. I would hope so with how much publicity <laughs> I give them. I, I give them so much. Gosh, they're just living off of me. They're living in my head rent-free, and I'll gladly let them live there rent-free. Unbelievable. All right. Oh, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh we might do one next weekend or this weekend, but uh, you know, worst case, we'll we'll somehow get one in to to preview the conference championship games and and whatever happens with the Denver Nuggets and if there's anything uh, crazy that happens with the Denver Broncos in that amount of time, we will unpack all of that. But for Brandon Stoll on the other side, I'm Stephen Priest Jr. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. <laughs>